0: Welcome to this sermon podcast from Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. And we're going to take away some practical pointers from it that I really hope will be a help and a blessing to you. Especially any of you this morning that have problems with your past. You know, you'd probably be surprised. People will come to church sometime, visitors, and you know they're living a really rough life. And they come and they, they sit in a service like this. And they, they assume that they're sitting among people that have never sinned. You know, they, they come and their lifestyle has been so... Um, you know, so so sinful, uh, they come in and they can even feel uncomfortable in an auditorium like this. And I remind them, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know, folks. I, I said, we're sinners like you. We're still sinners like you. And you, you wouldn't probably believe the past that, that so many of the folks in this congregation have had. But what you're looking at, you're looking at redemption, which you can have as well. But people that have a past... Though oftentimes that past will come back to haunt them. And I might be speaking to you this morning, where things in your past from time to time can come back to haunt you. Different things in different ways can really give you problems. We're going to look at that this, this morning. Uh, but first, I got to tell you this story, though, before we get into that. This past, you know, I'm, we're looking forward, Sharon and I are excited that our one of our sons and his family, Matt, And his family will be coming for uh, the week of Thanksgiving in our house. They should be coming uh, tomorrow. He pastors over in Lodi, Wisconsin. So he says, Monday morning, we're going to take off and be there Monday night. We'll be with you through Thanksgiving. So we're excited about that. So you know what that means for Nana and Papa? Grocery shopping, okay? Family of five coming for Thanksgiving. And other guests, okay? So Sharon says, I need to go grocery shopping well, I thought about going with her on Friday. She said, I just need to go up to Alpena. I just need to go to Myers. She said, I'll, I'll be at Myers. And I got to thinking, you know, I got a lot on my plate. I really need to go to church, go to the office. I'll just go to the office. You, you go to Alpena, and you're just going to go to Myers, right? She said, I'm just going to Myers. So uh, I said, Well, Friday morning, she leaves. I said, Well, call me when you get there. When you get to Myers, just, just let me know you made it okay. And so she calls me about 10 o'clock. Okay, and I'm I'm here at the office, and she called me about 10 o'clock. And then, you know, about, and and then I I said, call me when you get ready to leave. That's the way we do things. I said, call me when you get ready to leave. So about, she left about 10, so about 11.30, I hadn't heard from her. And I called her. I said, you okay? I said, you're on your way? I said, you must have forgot to call. She said, I'm still shopping. (laughs) An hour and a half. In one store, fellas. What would have normally taken you and me ten minutes? Okay, that's eleven thirty. The story's not over. About one o'clock, I'm thinking, she forgot. She forgot to call. She must be home by now. I call her about one o'clock. You home? No, and that's how she said it. No. <laughs> She gets a little testy with me. No. I said, you can't be. She said, I can. I said, you still at I said, three hours in one store. That's impossible. She said, no, (laughs) not impossible. Anyway, the exciting, that's about as exciting as it gets in our life. You know, when you're a pastor, pastor's wife. That's as exciting as it gets. And you, you ladies are looking at me like I'm crazy, you know? <laughs> anyway, let's, let's turn to Cindy, don't say anything. Let's turn to. <laughs> she's got three grand. Yeah, she's got to pick up little this and that and whatever. Okay, anyway. We've been focusing the last couple weeks on Moses, and I'll be preaching on Thanksgiving again next week. And next week on Sunday morning, we'll be preaching on Thanksgiving again. And we're going to be looking at Moses again. And there is a a chapter in the life of Moses from the book of Exodus that will focus on Thanksgiving. But this morning, we're not talking about Thanksgiving. We're talking about forgetting the past. Let's read in Exodus chapter 14. We're going to set this up reading in verse number 5. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled and that the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. And then in verse number 8 it says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. You'll remember that the Hebrew children had been in Egypt For over 400 years. And now, through the leadership of Moses, Moses goes before Pharaoh and, of course, says those famous words, Let my people go. And he tells Pharaoh that. And Pharaoh is playing hardball with him. He says, No way. And you know that God, through Moses, gave the ten plagues on Egypt. And finally, after the ten plagues, Moses says, Go, get out of here. I'm done with you guys. So all these hundreds of thousands, they guess as many as two million of the Hebrew children now, are in this huge caravan, and they have exited out of Egypt. Moses is back, excuse me, Pharaoh, though, is back in his palace rethinking all of this. And he's ticked. He is ticked off. And he says, guys, get your chariots. We're going after them. After being freed from centuries of slavery, now the Hebrew children look up one day. And who do they see coming after them? Their old enemy from the past. Pharaoh and his army. And he's coming after them. And he's coming after them with a vengeance. And my point of the message this morning is this. Notice this. Just like Pharaoh came back to haunt the Hebrew children... Your past life can come back to haunt you. As they dealt with their past, meaning Pharaoh, you must deal with your past. One of the most important weapons that Satan uses against us can be things, incidences, occurrences of our past. The Apostle Paul dealt with that. The Apostle Paul acknowledged that. In Philippians chapter 3, verse number 13, listen what he says. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. If we're not careful, the negatives of our past can come back and impact in a negative way our future. Paul is saying in this verse, I have to forget some things that are behind me. You see, Paul, if you will, using modern day vernacular, had some skeletons in his closet. Before he became the apostle Paul, he was the persecutor of Christians. He hated Christians. He went after them with a vengeance. He jailed them. He had them killed. He was involved in the most egregious acts against these very innocent people. And you could imagine dwelling on the past could have caused him great anxiety, great guilt, and, 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 and great you know, temptations to do maybe what he shouldn't do now in the future. And that's why he said, there's some things I have to forget. There's some things I have to get over. There's some things where I have to move on. And if you and I aren't careful, there can be some things in our past They can come back to haunt us and either discourage us or maybe tempt us to go back to them. It could be old habits from before you were saved. It could be addictions before you got them conquered. It could be past unsavory friends. It could be music that you listened to, movies that you went to, all teaching the wrong things. It could be past places that you have in your memory. It could be past mistakes in in another angle of how the, the past comes to deal with you. It could be past regrets and these past sins can come back to impede your present walk with the Lord. And I think that's illustrated here by Moses when Pharaoh pursues after him. The Hebrew children had been slave, enslaved for all those years, and God works those miracles, the, the ten plagues, and finally they've left Egypt, and now they're at the Red Sea. And they have the Red Sea in front of them. They have mountains to their right, mountains to their left. They are bottled up, and they look in their rearview mirror, and who do they see? They see Pharaoh with Hundreds of chariots coming down on them, and there is literally no means of escape. They are in peril. Let's read a little bit about it from Exodus itself in verse number 5. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people, and they said... Why have we done this? We have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And verse number 7. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. You know, I think that that is a illustration of what Many Christians face. And that God frees us from our slavery to Satan and our slavery to, to sin. And we're, we're freed from, from those sins. We're freed from Satan. And we think we've moved on. But our old unsaved life with all its problems we think is now a distant past. They're, they're distant memories. And then we hit a hard place in our Christian life. We hit a difficult time. It could be poor health. It could be financial trouble. It could be a troubled marriage. It could be a wayward child. And we feel like the Hebrew children. We're closed in. We're between a rock and a hard place. We we feel that we are in what we would call a tight squeeze. And you begin then to wonder about God. You begin to wonder about the Bible. And you begin to wonder, is all this really real? Did, did I make the right decision in, in leaving my past, in, in leaving that, that, that slavery? You think the old slave master Satan is dead. You thought he's gone. And then you look up one day and your adversary, the devil, is right there. You look in your rearview mirror And here he is, back again. He knows that you are vulnerable due to the trials of the present. And then what does he do? When you are vulnerable, when you're feeling a difficult situation in your saved life, he will bring up the past. The, quote, good old days. You know, it seems like almost anything in the past is considered the good old days. I'll hear, uh, I'll be with people, and they will say they'll hear music of you know uh, Bing Crosby and whatever singers from the '40s and whatever, and they'll say those were the good old days. I said, World War II, <laughs> when thousands, millions of people were being killed. We we tend, though, as we move on in life, we look to the past and we kind of romanticize it, do we not? And we're more likely to do that when we're having problems in the present, which us Christians, although saved, may find ourselves dealing with a difficult spouse, a wayward child, the loss of a job, bad health. And then we start thinking about, quote, the good old days. The old friends, the old parties, the old places, the old lifestyles and present trials can make the past seem like the good old days and I think the Hebrew children they're trapped at the Red Sea with Pharaoh from what they thought was their past bearing down upon them illustrate a very important point that you and I as Christians if we are to mature need to understand and need to apply what can we learn from this simple story, this narrative of Moses and the Hebrew children being stuck in a tight squeeze. And here, the, the enemy of their past, what they thought was their past, is bearing down upon them. What can we learn from that this morning? I want you to go away better able to deal with life than, than when you came this morning, okay? I think there's three things we can learn here. Number one. Old enemies continue to pursue Christians who are trying to do good. Old enemies continue to pursue Christians who are trying to do good. I mean, after all, in our story, after being set free from slavery and by the power of God, Pharaoh now is pursuing the Hebrew children with a vengeance. Look at what it says, verse 8. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. Pharaoh is going after them. Pharaoh is not going to be deterred. Pharaoh is going after them with a vengeance. Pharaoh is going to get them back or to get even with them. And what's the application there? Once we're set free from slavery, we can rest assured, just like Pharaoh was pursuing Moses and the Hebrew children, Once we've been set free from slavery, you can rest assured at some point in time in your life, and maybe at different points and times in your life, Satan, our Pharaoh, is pursuing us. Satan is wanting to destroy his former slaves. And he will, think about it folks, he'll use all the resources available to him. Now, he's not going to come after us literally. We're not going to look and see him there. But nonetheless, he is, he's crafty. He's sneaky. He will use different things to, to, to tempt us, uh, to, to pursue us. It might be old friends. A longing for old friends. How, how many Christians have gotten in big trouble over Facebook connections With old flames from the past. It happens all the time. There's Satan. Going after some Christian man. Or some Christian woman. Who maybe innocently links up with some old flame. If you will. From high school or college. And at first it's just. Hi how you doing? Good to talk to you. You know. Great to reconnect. But then it starts getting a little more. Involved than that. Well, I'd like to meet you. I'd like to see you. And again, it starts off innocent and what have you. Folks, I have literally, thankfully not with anybody in this church, but I have had another pastor send me a couple from another church who sat in my office and this exact same thing happened. It happened. And this was a person that was going through trials in their life. They were at the Red Sea. They had the walls on either side of them. And look in their rearview mirror and there's some old flame from the past no that's satan in disguise coming after you he might use old habits not only old friends but old habits you know you're stuck between a rock and a hard place and you're feeling the pressure and you think back to how you used to handle those tough spots a drink a smoke appeal Again, that's Satan in disguise. That's Pharaoh bearing down on you. Simply might use old memories. Just, just old memories. And in your mind, it's been filtered through the years, and you think you don't remember all the problems of the past. You just remember the good times of the past. And in those old memories or temptations, maybe to go back to some old places where you used to hang out with your unsaved buddies or your unsaved girlfriends. Again, Satan in disguise. Look at him as Pharaoh coming at you with a chariot. Let me ask you this morning. Are any of those old enemies pursuing you right now? When things are going well, we might not be tempted to even look back. But when we find our lives in a difficult situation... You know, life isn't going well. You're saved and you're thankful that you're saved. But, you know, we still live in a sin-cursed world even though we're saved. We're not going to live on easy street. You get in a pinch, you get in a bind, and sure enough, you're walled in, the Red Sea in front of you, mountains to the right, mountains to the left. You might be tempted to look behind and see what's coming. And you might be tempted, you, you just need to understand That is not the answer. That that is the enemy. Have you been dealing with any of those temptations of the past here lately? You need to understand they can be real. But there's something else I want you to see about that. Number two, old enemies often pursue when you're in a tight squeeze. If I could just use that language. Old enemies often pursue when you're in a tight squeeze. The Hebrews were encamped at the Red Sea in front and the mountains to either side. It says in Pharaoh, will say of the children of Israel, verse number three, they are entangled in the land. He will say they're trapped. They're in a tough situation. The wilderness hath shut them in. We would say they were between a rock and a hard place. And we need to understand, and we've already emphasized it to a degree, this is most likely to happen when you find yourself in a tight squeeze. When your life gets uncomfortable, you can expect an attack. You can expect attacks tax to go back to the old ways when you find yourself in financial straits. Financial straits might make you look for shortcuts that are unethical, maybe even illegal. Maybe cheating on your taxes or lying to someone about something you're wanting to sell in order to get more for it. When you're in a tight squeeze, you might be tempted to go back to those old ways. That's just Satan in disguise. When you're in a tight squeeze with your family, things may not be going well with your spouse, and you might be, think of, bailing out. You know, you, you, and you think, you know, everybody else does it. Well, yeah. Lost friends and Christians that aren't what they're supposed to be do it, but not mature Christians. They don't do that. Or when you're in a tight squeeze with your health, you might be tempted to try something you shouldn't be doing or say, well, I've only got so much time left, I'm just going to go for it. And you go back to the old habits and the old ways. Beware when you're in a tight squeeze. When as a Christian, the Lord allows you by divine providence, and you need to remember that, he allows you to be in a tough place. But we have to also understand that we can be vulnerable at that time. And oftentimes when you're in a vulnerable place, you start going back in your past. Thinking about things, how it used to be, and tempted to go back to those things. So old enemies often pursue when you're in a tight squeeze. And number three, old enemies will tempt us to long for the past when we are in a tight squeeze. That when you are in that tight squeeze, be careful he's coming after you. How is he going to come after you? By making you long for the past. The peril of imminent danger caused the Hebrews to long for life back in Egypt. Listen to this. Listen to this. Let's skip down. We're in that same chapter now where he's coming after them. Now, how are they responding? In verse number 12. Is not this, they're they're, they're upset now, they're scared. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? saying, let us alone. Now they're talking to Moses. This is the Hebrew children. They're feeling the pressure. You know, when everybody's feeling the pressure, tension ratchets up, all right? Tension is at a fever pitch here. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. There are Christians that come to that point. I had a better life before. I mean, now, it seems like The bottoms fall out. I got saved thinking I would be on easy street. But instead, I'm dealing with this, 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 and this. And the temptation then is to bail out. To go back to the old ways. Folks, being saved is the best life. Not necessarily at times the easiest life. But the best life. And sometimes it's the the difficulties in life that God is using to try to give you a better life. To give you the best life. Knocking off some rough edges so he puts you in some tight squeezes. And that's the way you've got to see it. Right now the Hebrew children are thinking totally wrong. They're thinking, man, the old life was so much better. That's what they said. They, They literally said that. So understand, present pressures can tempt you to long for your old past. Because following God, it's going to cost you those old friends. Following God is going to cost you maybe some, some income that you were deriving, but you were unscrupulous in the way you got that income. Following God can cause you ridicule. I mean, you can find yourself in in a tight squeeze when you follow God. I mean, the Christian life is the best life there is, but it's still a life that we live in a sin-cursed world, and we too are going to find ourselves sometimes in difficulties. Now, the Lord's going to use it for good if we handle it properly, but the way not to handle it is when you find God working in your life Putting you in a tight squeeze to teach you something the way you don't want to respond is to think back that it was better before because it wasn't. That's just a romanticized view of the past. Are the challenges of following God, and there can be challenges at times. We have to be open and honest. Are the challenges of following God causing you to long for the old days? Be careful. Be careful. I don't know everybody's story, but I would suppose probably the vast majority of people in this room at one time or another have thought living the Christian life is too hard. It was better off before I was saved. And it will usually happen, you will start to think that way when God puts you in a tough situation. And the Bible says this is usually for a season. And it's always for a purpose. It's always for a good purpose. But if we're not careful, we will start looking back to the past, and the past will be a temptation to us. So, if you are in that situation, or if you find yourself in that situation, where you're in a tight squeeze, and you start thinking wrong, that I'd be better off back in Egypt, how do you handle that? How do you deal with it? We see it in chapter 14. Three things and we're done. How do you deal with the enemies of the past? Number one, cry out to the Lord in prayer for help. Understand the danger, understand the temptation, and cry out to the Lord in prayer for help. Verse number 10. Same chapter. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Now, they didn't do many things right in this situation, but this one was right. This was one thing. Complaining to uh, to Moses about, you know, you got us in this mess, and we'd have been better off back there. You know, that was wrong, totally wrong. But one thing they did that was right was they cried out unto the Lord. So whenever you find yourself in a situation where you start thinking that the past was better, you need to quickly pray and say, Lord, give me victory over this. Let me not yield to those temptations. Let me not entertain those kind of thoughts in my mind. Let me understand that the tight squeeze I am in, you have allowed it for a purpose, for my benefit. May I focus on that and not focus on trying to get out of the problem, but learning from the problem. So we learn from the Hebrew children here, number one, Cry out to the Lord in prayer for help. And number two, real practical here: listen to the preacher. Listen to the man of God. You know, we're not perfect. You know, preachers aren't perfect, but preachers are—they are ordained of God. I mean, I didn't come up with this idea to be a preacher. God came up with the idea of preachers, and He called me, and He's called thousands of other preachers, you know, in, in, in this country for a purpose, for a reason. And you need to take advantage of that. When when you find yourself facing temptations, when you find yourself in a tight squeeze, you know, you need to talk to your pastor, and perhaps, ladies, to the pastor's wife. In Exodus chapter 14, verse number 13, Moses said unto the people, and I would be thinking, listen to Moses, folks, You're, you're panicking Listen to Moses. Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and he shall hold your peace. And the smart Hebrew children would say, got it. Thank you, Moses. Appreciate those words of encouragement. I was getting too emotional. I was getting too, you know... Carnal, I needed that I needed somebody to talk to me, and so do you when you find yourself in a situation like that, you know you you need to come to the to the preacher or, or, or perhaps to a, a, a mature and i emphasize a mature Christian man or woman, but especially to the pastor and some people say well i 'm you know I would be so embarrassed to come and and, and talk to you or talk to Ms. Sharon. I I just would be so embarrassed to do that. Folks, we are never shocked by what we hear. I mean, we're sinners, you know? And so you don't have to worry about that. I think I have greater respect for the person that comes and bears their soul than that poor individual who says, I can't go talk to anybody. I can't talk to anybody. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I have pity for that individual. That's so sad. What do you mean you can't go talk to the preacher? What do you mean you can't go to the preacher's wife? That's just pride. That is that is pride at its highest. No, show some humility before the Lord and say, Pastor, hey, can I talk to you? I'm in a tough situation right now, and I've been thinking some things that, that I shouldn't be thinking. I looked in my rearview mirror, and I'm seeing places in the past. I'm seeing people in the past. I'm, I'm seeing a, a way of living and thinking in the past that 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 scares me and then let me let my wife let a mature christian brother or sister then say whoa 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 put on the brakes you know don't you don't want to go there let me pray for you and with you and i'll talk with you daily and here's some resources i can put in your hands it'll strengthen you and you know you need a perspective then you know, you, you forget about, say, now re- remember, yeah, you're in a tough situation and, and it's tight and I'm going to pray for you. But understand, the, the Lord knows and, and he's got you there for a reason and, and, he, and he can show you something wonderful. You know, don't, don't bail out on him. You know, what the Lord is doing, one thing he's doing is, is helping you to realize just how weak you are and how much you need to grow. And these are good things. And sometimes we just need somebody to tell us that. And we say, well, what do you preachers do? We go to other preachers. I got preacher friends that I go to because sometimes I get down. Sometimes I get discouraged, <coughs> especially in the early years. You know, I, I, and I'd be thinking about throwing in the towel. And thinking, you know, I was better off before, you know, doing something else somewhere else for some other reason. And I'd talk to another preacher and he'd say, whoa, 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 put on the brakes. You know, and you, know, and you need that. And that's what they needed, and that's what God gave them. So cry out to the Lord in prayer for help. Listen to the preacher. And then number three, do as the Lord leads. Act. Act on what the preacher tells you. Look, you need to be at church. Be at church. You need to read your Bible? Read your Bible. Do what the preacher says. You're going to get in trouble if you don't. Look at what happens. Exodus 14, 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back with a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And every one of us my age or more are picturing who? Charlton Heston. <laughs> if you're in my age bracket, every one of And we, we can't think of Moses in the Red Sea. Am I right about that? And you just can't think about it. And uh, Michelle, you wouldn't know who Charlton Heston is, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest of us, we, a lot of us know. Anyway, and the children of Israel went. They, they went forward. That, that was even scary. They went in the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left. They did what they were told. It's that simple. It's not rocket science. You find yourself in a tough situation, and the temptation is to go backwards. What do you need to do? They set the example, pray, listen to the man of God, and this is going to sound vain on my part, but I'm going to say it, do what he says. Because what am I going to tell you? Am I going to tell you anything wrong? I'm going to tell you to read your Bible, I'm going to tell you to pray, I'm going to tell you to be in church, I'm going to give you some resources, I'm going to give you some good things, without hesitation, when I tell you that's what you ought to do, then folks, that's what you ought to do. And if you don't do it, then Pharaoh's going to come on you, and you're going to be devastated, and it happens all too often I think one of the things that is hardest on preachers is when they preach and people don't listen and you know what's going to happen and there's a trail of regrets that saddens a preacher's heart and I tell my wife or she tells me if they'd have just listened We, we have people come in from off the street they see the sign out there addictions program. And we don't have a Friday night meeting, but we will work with you one-on-one. We'll meet with you weekly. We'll meet with you bi-weekly, if, if necessary. I mean, there is help here. And they will come in. And it, it, my wife, or Jamie, or I, or some of the ladies in the church will be excited, and say, okay, be, be here Wednesday night. Okay, you want help? Yeah, need you know, my life's, you know, just a wreck. It's just terrible. It's awful. And, you know, I... Okay, be here Wednesday night, and my wife or some other lady or myself or Jamie will be here, and guess who doesn't show up? It happens all the time. They don't do what they're told. They know better. You know what that is? Pride. With a capital P. Pride. You don't want to be filled with pride. Pride always gets you in trouble. Always. Humility is the path to victory. That's kind of contrary to the way we Americans think. But that is exactly how the Lord works. Spurgeon says this, and we're done. Thou wast once a servant of Satan, and no king will willingly lose his subjects. Dost thou think that Satan will let thee alone? No, he will be always at thee, for he goeth about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is after every one of us in this room, this preacher included. And by the way, folks, when I find myself in that position, like I said, I will go to the Lord in prayer, I will go to a preacher friend, and I will do what he says.